Hello and welcome to the Hitbox, River Radio's Tuesday night gaming show. My name's Tom and I'm joined by both of my two co-hosts today, Gabriel and Billy. Now this is the first show in the new year and I'm excited to say we've still got a bunch of awesome content lined up for the future. Gabriel, how are we doing? Very good, very good. Been we... playing some games, recovering after New yeah, Year's. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, did you have a good New Year's? I had a great New Year's and yeah, you know, helping me with a, co- a recovery is yeah, of I... course my Xbox as I... always. <laughs> <laughs> we spend a lot, a lot of time uh, New Year's Day uh, chilling on my, chilling on my computer. I can't lie. Yeah, fair enough. Billy, are you the same? Uh, no, New Year's Day, I was on an aeroplane. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, coming back from, is it coming back from America, if I'm correct? I was going to America. I'm, to... I'm there right now. Oh, you're, oh, oh my God. See, we're on Zoom right now. I mean, the connection seems pretty decent. Yeah, got good Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wicked. Nice. How is it? It's good. I mean, it's, you know, cold because it's winter, but it, it's nice to be Where, here. Whereabouts in America are you right now? I, I'm in Rhode Island, in Providence, Rhode Island, which is a little bit south of uh, Boston in Massachusetts. Oh. Wicked. I've never been to America, but I really want to. Uh, to begin this show, we're going to be speaking about the game of the week, as we do all the time. And Gabriel's got a good one he mentioned at the st- well before recording. I'm excited to hear more about. Uh, and then we're going back to the start, start of the century and beginning naming and rec- reminiscing on some of the best games that have come out in our lifetime. And this week, we're going from 2000 to 2005 so we're covering a, a five-year chunk this this week uh but in future weeks we're going to come back to this sort of topic and uh, discuss it year on year but i think it's best that we start off with a massive chunk of of years uh, to begin with and then finally we will finish off with our weekly news roundup brilliant okay so who wants to start game of the week this week boys I mean, I'm I'm quite excited about yeah. mine. As I, I was going to say, so I was going to say, Gabriel, you, you should go for it, mate. I'm yeah, I'm I'm ready to go for this one. So, as you mentioned, I've got a really fun game this week. My game of the week is Plants vs Zombies: Battle for Neighborville, which is available on the Xbox Game Pass. But I did see it's actually very cheap. If you don't have an Xbox and can't get the Xbox Game Pass, or for whatever reason. It's really cheap thing. I saw it for like £12, maybe maximum £20. So it's, you know, a cheap pickup. And for, for that price, it's, it's a bargain, quite simply. Um, this is the third instalment of Plants vs. Zombies Shooter Games series developed by PopCap. We had Garden Warfare 1 and 2 before this, and now we have arrived at Battle for Neighbourville. First and foremost, I just have to say how incredibly well designed this game is, both aesthetically and functionally. As soon as you load in, you're transported to the familiar world of Plants vs. Zombies from the infamous mobile game. Did any of you two play the mobile game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, that's good because I feel like a lot of the explanation for this can be kind of attributed to having played that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, If you're familiar with the concept, essentially, you've got plants, which are in that version of the game, the good guys, and then they're against the zombies and you're sort of defense. It's like a tower defense game is how I describe it. But now they've developed it into a shooter for console and PC play. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can expect the bright colors, cheerful, upbeat music uh, and endless excitement. Players can choose between playing single player mode, such as the story mode or multiplayer mode, such as the player versus player battles. 
The single player campaign focuses around helping all of the game's characters complete various missions. You go from warding off an evil vampire zombie for Colonel Corn to protecting a taco restaurant from an evil wizard zombie for Citron. The great thing about the game is you can freely switch between characters between missions and upgrade and personalize them as you go. This means you aren't fixed to only using one character. All characters have unique play styles and special abilities, which further keeps the game fresh and exciting. Most characters have like a, a, a grenade unique to their character. For example, the pea shooter has a chili grenade. Um, the American footballer zombie kicks an imp forward. Um, the other abilities are kind of movement based. So you might be able to jetpack around the map or charge at an enemy. Basically, just things like that. Brilliant. So I remember in the second one of these, there was a lot of sort of microtransaction y, uh, like card pack things. Is that come back or have they, they gotten rid of those? That's actually a really good point because I remember that being my biggest bugbear of this when it first came out and it's quite a pay to win, I would say. And they have kind of done it a little bit, but it's not so extreme. Like there's no pack opening. They still have in-game currency, which you spend and you can gamble on getting skins or or upgrades, whatever it be. But it's 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 less, I would say sort of pay to win it's it's on a balanced level you don't have to do it if you don't want to but it's there if you need it kind of thing okay yeah and 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 to be fair i've only been playing for a little bit and i've already got enough in-game credits to buy two different character skins so you know it's it's at that kind of rate i've been, I've been playing it only a couple of days really um and 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 there you go um, they've actually added three new characters for each team this year, both for plants and zombies, and they're all really good additions, in my opinion. I particularly like the acorn plant character who can turn into a massive oak tree and use it to tank the battlefield. When you get bored of single player missions, you can jump onto the chaotic multiplayer and indulge in a variety of game modes. My personal favourite is the returning turf war, which is basically where one team has to move a cart from one side of a huge map to the other while another team defends. It's very like safeguard from Black Ops 3, I think it was, where there's a robot and when you're in close proximity to the robot, it moves to the other side of the map and you've got to get it to the other side. Meanwhile, the other team's job is to kind of prevent you from getting close enough to move it kind of thing. And yeah. it's, it's essentially like that. But what's really cool about this is each of the um, maps carries a different theme so for example if it's the plants you might be trying to move a cart with a bomb into a zombie base or something like that uh, which is really really cool overall the gameplay is incredibly exciting although very chaotic and perhaps lacks skill-based gameplay if that makes sense uh, I feel like a good way of summarizing the chaotic nature of the game is simply by saying you're going to get shot in the back a lot. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of flank routes, a lot of unconventional what you'd expect from first person shooter where it's quite regimented and what, you know, covers where you'd expect it. It's quite random. Of all of my game of the weeks, although this is far from the best game I've played, it's one that I'd really high re highly recommend if you need a chill, relaxing, bit, bit of a fun game to play with your mates. It's really hard to rate it because I would actually rate this really highly as a less intense game option. Having said that, if I know you're 
um, if you are the type of player who likes really in-depth, well-thought-out games with long stories and lots of realistic action, this is probably going to be, you know, not really what, well, you're probably going to really dislike it, to be completely honest, because it, it's, it's completely the opposite of that. It, it's not structured. It's casual gaming. And yeah. I was going to say, it seems like a very lighthearted take on a lot of other shooters. But obviously, it's personalised in this in this world of Plants vs Zombies. I, I, I'd imagine that the people making it and the people playing it, obviously, they know that it's not to be taken seriously because you know you're a plant or you're a zombie. You know, it's it fills that sort of gap in certain people that want to play these sort of third person shooters or shooters in general, but know that they don't want to jump into the the hardcore end of the the genre. But I think this is serves its purpose perfectly for those people that don't want that and want to just have a have a chill one really oh exactly and it's funny you should say that because i hear a lot of people compare it to dota in the sense of how it's played yeah like in the sense of it's kind of you know the same play style but it is in this cartoony fictionalized context where it's less competitive and that kind of stuff i personally don't really see that strong comparison but i was playing the other day with with a mate and yeah she was saying it's just it's almost reminds me a lot of dota so if you do like dota then yeah it's it's a it's a it's a yeah it might be for you so to the rating then i mean i personally would rate it an eight out of ten i absolutely love the game for what it is having said that to maintain the validity of my previous ratings uh and to judge it in the same way as the others given you know based on the complexity the Mm -hmm. amount of time energy etc i'm going to drop that much lower to a six out of ten because like i say i if this if that was my only game i'd be bored within I don't even know how long, but as a casual game, you can dip into, it is literally perfect. I could not think of a better game. So there you go. Brilliant. Wicked. Yeah. It's, it's, I remember playing the first, the first one and, and, and loving it, but it wasn't that, wasn't the sort of game that you'd really, well, one try hard on or two play for a long amounts of times. So I just think it was one of those things. It's a bit of fun, you know, when you're bored of other games, you jump on it and it's, it's still interesting enough. And it's just a bit of a, a joke really. No, exactly, exactly. It is it's really fun. It is really, really good fun. Brilliant. Okay, right. I'm gonna jump on and explain to you guys my game. And it's a game that I haven't actually bought yet. So this, you know, everything that I say, just bear in mind that this is a game that's on my wish list that I'm going to buy because I really want to play it with my mates. And it's called GTFO. And I'm not gonna say the full title of it, and it's not named as such, but it's yeah, get the something out okay so the game backstory right you're a team of prisoners held by the warden a mysterious entity holding you captive the warden forces you to begin quote unquote the rundown which is a series of expeditions each one taking you uh, deeper into a decayed research facility called the complex so essentially you are a team of four be that ai or some of your mates and you're forced down this rabbit hole of a, a dungeony type research facility uh, completing various challenges for example uh, so yeah you descend level by level uh, you can scavenge for tools and resources that help you survive uh, also whilst being surrounded by various gruesome creatures that sort of lurk everywhere okay um 
And these expeditions are called work orders, which this entity known as the warden basically gives you. Um, and, and your job is to, to clear these work orders or to complete these work orders by going through level by level and doing every task that is set out for you. So it's a very weird, futuristic kind of Black Mirror-esque theme going on um, because you wake up, I, I think you wake up from sort of like a, you know, one of those long sleeps they, they do in sci-fi movies and you're stuck in a rundown like I said, research facility prison. Sounds almost like a saw maze kind of vibe, you know? Yeah, I get that. So yeah, the the devs mentioned on the on the site because obviously I've been looking at this a lot and I've added it to my wish list. Uh, they said, "Be warned, GTFO isn't your typical run and gun shooter. It's for players that value a serious challenge." So there it is, set in stone. Okay, it it's very, very sort of serious and challenging. It's supposed to be tackled head on, you know, using a lot of tactics and everything. But primarily it's a horror game as well, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it has a lot of stealth and shooter aspects as, as well. And cooperation and sort of the tactics of everything are vital for succeeding. This means, you know, picking the right weapons, uh, at least the weapon selection across their teams. You know, you want a sniper, you want a person that can go close with a melee build, for example, or a shotgun. And people that maybe take a lot of heals or take a lot of grenades, for example. Um, so, yeah, the the enemies in GTFO, uh, they, they say they're, most mostly in hibernation or various states of hibernation so you may think you know you may think of it similar to doom it's completely the opposite in doom yeah you're in a, a futuristic well various locations in doom but you you've, you know you're running and shooting uh, demons all, all the time but this is completely the opposite you want to be you know creeping around and using stealth and getting past various enemies without notifying them or doing so in you know a little way as possible if that makes sense um yeah so waking them up is detrimental because you have these almost zombie-like creatures i'm not really sure what they're supposed to be you know they're, they're called some of them are called sleepers for example and they'll stand there and, and and if you get too close or make too much noise they they alert and trigger a horde um so yeah, like I said, they're, they're woken by light or noise or vibration, uh, among other things. So the whole idea is getting through different sections of the map without alerting or without getting the whole map's enemies onto you at one at one time, or at least clearing them in a, an efficient way po as possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, periodically throughout the game's lifespan, the so-called warden will release new rundowns, which will bring brand new run-throughs to complete. So only one time will there ever be a, a singular rundown. And this is for everyone. Everyone completes it at the same time. So you go through one a whole, essentially a whole story together, and then an update will bring through a, a new place to explore and uh, or at least a bunch of different different challenges that you can complete. Um, so it has a very it has a lot of similar issues to to other co op shooters, and it's hard to really it's hard to really you know give a, a reference to another game. But it's got a, a bunch of balancing issues. At least that's what I've seen so far from the rev the reviews, uh, which is typical for these sort of co op shooters. You know, some some builds can be a lot of well. A lot more overpowered than others or or something like that um 
supposedly the maps there's not really a great distinction of areas or at least a progression in the environment uh, as well as the whole the environment itself it doesn't have that much to interact with such as like breaking gar- uh, glass even you can't really set up any rooms to hold off against the the hordes of creatures you can't use that meant that much barricades you can't put down turrets for example you can't latch onto walls to to hold an angle or anything like that so there's definitely a bunch of improvements which is why i haven't gone away and purchased it straight away i'm waiting to sort of see if my mates are interested too but the overall the the positives uh, the, re- the reviews on steam are massively positive uh, and you know i really can't wait to see what this game has to offer and it only came out what on the 10th of december and i'm pretty sure it's that was in early access and it's actually become a full game fairly recently because I know they're doing streams at the moment um, promoting this game. So yeah, it's it's hard for me to really give a rating. The game looks great and it's definitely one that I'm going to love if it has, you know, if it's as fulfilling as it says it is. And, you know, I'm taking this, a lot of this information from the promotional material and videos and store pages from the game. So I'm definitely going to have to come back and sort of give my final review or rating on this, but I'd probably give it a seven or an eight as long as it, as long as it, like I said, fulfills what it's saying it's going to be about. I think the whole, the whole idea of you're essentially trapped in this, in this massive place and you have to go deeper and deeper and scavenge and resource and fight off a bunch of enemies but do it in a in a sneaky way and it also being a horror game at the same time i think not many games have that sort of aspect i think that's really exciting yeah i i to be honest i think it's going to be a really good game i you've you've intrigued me i must admit i don't particularly like stealth games as i said before but despite that the concept of it everything everything else i think it's going to be banging yeah yeah i think um like i said it is it is very stealth based i don't think there's a way to play it in a more actiony type Mm -hmm. because i think it like the game is really challenging supposedly and you can't just go in there and shoot every single thing that you you know that's living Mm -hmm. we can't go and shoot every enemy before it gets to you because that will cause hordes and it basically makes the game impossible but it's not going to be boring you know you're always going to be having enemies in your path that you have to i don't know maybe line up shots on four different creatures at the same time or sneak up behind them and melee them or use a distraction or or whatever it's very it's very tactical in that sense but you know it might not be for everyone and people that prefer just running and gunning and killing creatures in a dystopian future will probably prefer doom and well Mm. definitely will prefer games like doom but this this serves a different purpose like i said tactical very hard you know you need a lot of reviews have said that you sort of need four people to play with you at all times and the AI, although it's good, you, you really need to have, you know, four four people working in unison to, to tackle the um to tackle what's in front of you. And I think that's really exciting. So I'm trying to get at least three other friends to buy this at the same time as I do. Otherwise I'm not gonna bother. But yeah, like I said, this game looks fantastic and it's getting a lot of lot of good praise on YouTube and and on a store page as well. So yeah, I'm excited. Nice. Brilliant. Cool. Okay, Billy. So my game this week is called Heat Signature. Um, Heat Signature is an odd one. It's sort of this like uh, top-down 
almost run and gun style thing in space. Um, basically, you get given a mission, you break into a spaceship, and then you inevitably mess up that mission and horribly die, probably. Um, so it's it's an interesting one. Uh, you don't play as like an individual character. You have like uh, procedurally generated characters. So anyone playing this will play with different characters every time, uh, including me. I, I, I've played through like half a dozen different characters. Uh, and they're like different, obviously different variable, uh, variable sort of difficulties for these missions. So you have some where like the guards on the ship can teleport and the enemies will run, or like the assassination target you're going after will run away immediately if there's an alarm set off and stuff like that. Um, but it is really, really good because you can, or for one thing, anytime you can pause the game and plan out what you're going to do for the next like couple seconds. Um, which is really, really useful because it gives you time to think because it's this game is very, very fast-paced when it's on. Um, you get stuck because obviously everybody has a gun, basically. Um, and if you get shot, you basically fall unconscious immediately and then they usually throw you out an airlock into space. Jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, there, you can do some really, really cool things in this game. Uh, there's an Easter egg hidden in the game where there's a, there's a bunch of special missions called Liberation Missions where you're freeing... Uh, where you have to take over certain ships or complete certain objectives to uh, uh, to liberate space stations. And in one of them, because something a YouTuber did once, you have to get inside a spaceship by firing guns to propel yourself through space with the recoil to get inside. <laughs> it's really, really cool. That is really um, cool. Yeah, because normally you have like this little space pod thing that you can pilot around and that's how you get inside ships. But all the physics work properly, so you do actually have to use your rec- you can actually use recoil to get inside ships and stuff. Um, it's really tricky though, because you only have a limited amount of oxygen. If you stay outside ships too long, you just die. Uh, it is it is beautiful. Um, I have to say, it, it's not an easy game to describe or get across the feeling of because it's how fast paced it is and how sort of frantic it is, and how many like gadgets there are because there are so many cool things. There are like three different kinds of teleporters. There's emergency shields. Uh, some enemies have armor, and only some weapons can get through armor, and all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's, it's one of those games you really sort of need to play for yourself, I think, to to get it. Yeah. To sort of understand how it works. Um, but it, it is beautiful. It's got a bit of a steep learning curve because the tutorial is not. Uh, it's not bad tutorial, but it's not like the most comprehensive tutorial ever. And it's very much one of those games you get better at as you learn how you know. Oh, if I teleport like this, the enemies won't spot me. You know that sort of thing. Mm. You get more experience with that. But I have to say, one one of the best things about it is there's it's it's so quick. Even when you die, you just come back like immediately. So there's no real like waiting times or loading times. It's a very very quick game, which is it's great. You can sit down and play it for fifteen minutes and probably fail, but you might succeed. You know, it's, it sounds very hardcore in that sort of sense. You just you're just constantly going at it, playing this game over and over again, you know, die, repeat, yeah. die, repeat. I mean, to some degree, yeah, like you do get better because you have a certain amount of equipment you can take with you and you can find like some really nice bits of equipment lying around like enemy ships and stuff. Sure. So you do sort of not quite level up characters because you don't like make them stronger or faster, but you can get them better and better equipment. Mm. Um, and you can also retire characters. So every character has a personal mission, which is like a thing they want to do. Uh, and once you accomplish that mission, you can retire them and you get to pass on one piece of their equipment to your next character. Oh, wicked. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's really cool. I really recommend people go check it out. Um, it's very action-packed. It is very, very quick, as I said. Um, but yeah, 
go check it out. It's by Suspicious Plants. It's on Steam. Uh, I think it might be on sale because the this, this Steam sale is still going on until the 5th of January. Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's only tomorrow, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to buy it, if you want to buy it. Yeah, exactly. It's not a super expensive game anyway. But uh, yeah, go pick it up. Fantastic. Uh, I th- yeah, almost got to give it a rating. I think I'd have to give it like a nine. It's really, really good. It, it's just, yeah, it, it is to say, it's the speed of it that makes it so good. It's that sort of frantic, oh my God, six guards are coming at me. What do I do? So when did this when did this game come out then? This is not a particularly new game. Uh, give me two seconds. Yeah, 2017. Okay. It's, you know, okay. So it's not an old, old school game. No, no, but it's it's not the, the newest game around anymore either. Right, that's the end of Game of the Week. And we are going to be right back for the discussion about games that have well games that were released in the years 2000 to 2005 so we'll be right back you've leveled up okay welcome back to the hitbox we are beginning our discussion on some of the greatest games from the year 2000 to the year 2005 and gabriel and billy both have a set of three games that they've got ready to announces their as their top ones and i'd just like to give a little bit of insight to, to the people that list they're listening at home most of these games were probably produced sort of around the time we were born or maybe just after so we we've actually probably got many games listed that we played later on maybe probably around 2008 2007 i'd imagine boys even later to probably be honest even later, mean, yeah. yeah most of these games are uh you know, you know they're so prestigious that you should probably pick them up now and still have fun with them. Um, but I don't know about you guys. I had a great time looking through these these list of games on- online. And it's brought back a, lot, a bunch of good memories and a lot of nostalgia as well. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go and quickly list off a few games that I've picked out because I've actually chosen a few games from each of the years. And I know you guys have got your top three. But I'm going to begin with just going through some of mine, if that's all mm. right. So... Take yourself back to the year two thousand, right? You're you're either cooking in a womb or you're you've just been born, right? And oh, the first game I'm going to mention is The Sims, okay? And I played The Sims, no the, the original, yeah, the original Sims, probably on one of my parents' laptops as soon as I sort of got into maybe midway through primary school, so maybe around two thousand and five. But I definitely had this one, and. You know, I, I'm going to mention the uh, Sims 2 and the Sims... Well, not the Sims 3, because that was later on, but definitely the Sims 2. Um, these games are prestigious, aren't they? Or everyone listening knows exactly what the Sims are, and it's been, you know, it's a, a game franchise that is still going right now. Yeah, I played Sims 3. That was my first Sims, but when I say I played it, I put... I was <laughs> playing it every single day after school for a very long time. It was my go-to... It was so cool, wasn't it? It's just the idea of just messing around with essentially like a life and building whatever you want for them. I know that the original Sims was much less of a, a game than Sims 3 is, but it still had mm. the same essence to it. You still could mm. get your Sims to move around and, and eat stuff and, and do various things like jobs and, and so on. But it was, it was just wicked. And I mm. right, the second game I have listed for the year 2000, and I don't know whether you guys played this, but this brought back so much nostalgia for me because I completely forgot about this game. And it was Spyro Year of the Dragon. So 
Uh, we're getting a few nods from Gabriel. Is that is that something you've heard of at least, or if you played? So I've got a funny story. I when I got my PlayStation One, um, it came with loads of games, but it was one of those eBay purchases. So some of the games worked, some of them because this was back oh, in the right. day where it was yeah. like you know this quality is everything. And I had a copy of Spyro, and it didn't work. Oh. And I was I always looked Ooh. at the cover, and I was like this game looks so amazing it's exactly the one i want to play but my disc always didn't work so, I, yeah. I promise you it was amazing i played this on a gamecube probably what, 2006 2007 maybe a bit later on and it's still just oh, absolutely fantastic mm. probably look oh, well looking back on it like i did uh a, a while ago um in in research the quality of everything looks absolutely dreadful but back then you just don't really think about that because you can't compare it to games exactly. that are out now it looks wicked you know it looks exactly or at least similar to the to the animations and yeah. you know you were jumping it was pretty much like a platformer that you could go around and and fire whatever enemies and go and collect various items and, and jump and and all that sort of stuff it was very simple in that aspect but it also had really cool just the whole scenes and everything it was just so just so perfect and a lot of these games that came out in the early 2000s were games related to tv shows or films for example and it's just having having those games that you are oh, i'm watching this movie or i'm watching this tv show but i can play the game of it as well i think that's oh, it made everything so much better so that's the only two games i have for the year 2000 Okay, so I'm going to go briefly on to 2001. I should probably speed this up a little bit because I'm going to be <laughs> here for hours. I've listed Tony Hawk Pro Skate 3. I don't know if anyone's played that. That used to be one of my favourite. The music was wicked. Yeah, I've played that. I've played yep. that. Not, not owned it, but played it at a mate's house, definitely. Sure, sure. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Now, this is a one my dad will definitely know. He he spent ages with me trying to trying to kill this big plant creature that I didn't know how to do because I was too young. And yeah, that was proper tricky. And we spent hours doing that. And that brought back a lot of memories. I tried to find a video of, of someone completing it, but there was nothing online that I could find. So if anyone <laughs> if anyone listening has a video or, or knows where <laughs> I can see a video of someone completing that, that I think it was the, the, the enemy was the venomous tentacular or something like that. It was like a plant thing, um, but that was wicked. Um, no one's ever done it, mate. No, no one's no, ever. <laughs> that's where the game ends, clearly. Yeah, that's where it ends. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, a, a good shout out as well is uh, to RuneScape, which actually was released in 2001. And obviously we slept probably played that. that. Yeah, we played that much later. That. Yeah, yeah I, I completely forgot about that. That shit, I probably should have... on. Not in my top three, but honourable <laughs> mention to RuneScape. Fourth Massive place, shout. maybe? Yeah, oh, easily fourth <laughs> yeah, place. Uh, now I've heard that, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Right. Yeah, RuneScape was a big one for me. It just Obviously, we didn't play it when it came out, but it's, it's lasted forever. I'm, it's still got a thriving exactly. player base now. Um, but yeah, Super Smash Bros. Melee, or Melee, or however you want to say it. <laughs> That was uh, a big one for me on the GameCube. That was one of my favourite games. And obviously, that's had its... Um, predecessors now have any of you boys played that nah i haven't i've I haven't. heard lots of good things about smash bros but it's one of those big games that i just have never played Missing I, I never i never played melee but uh my, my smash bros was brawl brawl yeah that, that's the one on the wii uh, wasn't it or was it released yes. recently on the wii yeah it was brawl. recently on the wii yeah yeah i had the, i think i had that one as well at least someone someone had a wii had that and i definitely played it 
but yeah, Super Smash Bros. Melee for me was was one of the best games I had at least early on in my gaming in my gaming life. 2002. This was a PC game, or at least I played it on a PC, and it was Scooby Doo Night of a Hundred Frights. And this one I completely forgot about as well. Uh, I, it was just so wicked. I don't, I'm not going to go explaining it, but look it up. Some of you may have played it and completely forgotten about it, like I did. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. And yeah, again, it was a, a game made about a TV show slash film, and that they were always brilliant back then. Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. I think this got Game of the Year in 2002. I could be wrong. Uh, Probably. It would have <laughs> surprised me. It's, yeah. it's one of the best games ever made. Yeah, it, it was definitely up there. 2003, more GameCube games for me. Mario Kart Double Dash. Obviously, the best Mario Kart game that that's come out, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't ooh, know. I debate that. Okay, all right. Yes. What um, get? I, I'm not even going to bother <laughs> talking about it now because I'll come to that later. But okay, no, I all right, do all not right. think that is the best mode. Yeah, I, I, th- I think me and Gabriel might be in agreement here. If I, if I suspect it's true. Like it, yeah. I'll, I'll, zip, I'll zip my lips and uh, carry on. Simpsons Hit and Run. That is a legendary game and will forever be a legendary game. Wait, is that the one where it's almost like Grand Theft Auto, but yes, Simpsons yeah. and there's bees yeah. and stuff? Yeah. No yeah. way. That's a great <laughs> shout. That's a great shout. Do you yes. remember playing that at all? That's a, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, on, on my cousin's laptop. I remember yeah. it. I played it. I used to go to a place after school because my my mum couldn't get off work at around the same time my school finished and they had a they had a playstation and sometimes i'd sit there playing it around with you know probably about 15 other people gathered around this one playstation just watching us watching various people play this game it was absolutely fantastic mm. brings back so many memories uh, another one from 2003 spongebob squarepants battle for bikini bottom uh, that's I think 2003 I'm... yeah yeah oh at least God. that's what google says <laughs> um, lord yeah and that was that was a brilliant one for me as well i can have fond memories of me and my dad playing that together uh yeah. and being stuck because we were both terrible at games um obviously that was a few years a few years after 2003 uh, <laughs> 2004 it's it's actually quite funny um all the ones i have listed are actually well, sequels, I guess. Bejeweled, you know, Bejeweled, the, the phone game where you, uh, no. you do the matching. Bejeweled 2, uh, Spider-Man 2. That was a fantastic game. You could climb up all the top, well, to the top of the Empire State's building. Sims 2, so there's my shout out to the second one. <laughs> and uh, Half-Life 2 as well. So those are the four games, all, all, all sequels. I think MGS3 came out that year as well. Did it? Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 3, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. That's what I have in my head at there, least. I think there's a bunch of games released in 2004. Uh, I think and, World of Warcraft came out in 2004, you know? Yeah, it was either 2003 or 2004. It was definitely around then. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. And and finally, for 2005, the only game that I've played, or at least that I could see on that, was uh, Forza Motorsport. So that was... Ooh, a, oh, yeah. I, I, I lie. I lie, there's one There's one more as well. So Forza Motorsport, the original uh, Forza was released then, and obviously it's still a massive popular franchise as well. Uh, and I'm going to give a shout out to another one that came out in 2005, which was Donkey Konga 2. And this basically you had, that came with a GameCube, and I think you'd probably get it on, actually no, you couldn't because it was Nintendo, it's GameCube uh, specific, and you had these bongos that you could tap. There was a left and a right bongo, and it had also a sensor for a clap, 
And you basically had a bunch of songs that you could unlock. So you basically you like bang this bongo and beat to almost like Guitar Hero in that sort of sense. Uh, do you basically, you know, you beat this and you had to do two bongos at the same time and clap and had legendary tunes. And I remember playing that so much. And uh, yeah, I kind of attribute that to my uh, my interest in music at the moment. It's back in the day, me playing on the uh, on the Donkey Konga bongos. <laughs> where it all began. <laughs> where it all began. Yeah, exactly. So that's my list. And I hopefully haven't gone on for too long, but I just wanted to give a big mention to all of those. And it brought back so many memories of just all the games that you know i played probably from 2005 to around 2010 most of these but like (laughs) i said these games you can play now and still have fun so yeah those are my selection and i'm really excited boys now to hear what you have for your top three so i think we should go well both of you release your uh your third places then we'll go for your seconds and your first places if that's if that's all right I'm so tempted to declare a three-way draw because I love all three these three games. Um, um, you can do that if you really want to. There's we have there's no pressure. Yeah, it's but hard actually to it, it sort is of hard. pick them apart. Yeah, uh, but for third place, I'm actually going to have to go with what I think is the best Mario Kart game of all time: Mario Kart DS. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm I'm putting that second. But Ooh. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a beautiful game, and I think it's it's probably the game that I played the most as a kid. Mm. I had it on on my DS and I loved it. it. It's the quintessential classic Mario Kart to my mind. It is. Exactly. It, out, it is a no, classic. Exactly. Yeah. I I was going to say like not only that for me as much as it's not the original Mario Kart, so much of what we see in present day Mario Kart was pretty much influenced primarily by what we saw in that game like you know be it the aesthetic be it the little things in the race like the jumps they it feels like they came from that game yeah it's just go on billy it's partly because i've got to say i've partly got you know so many memories of this so i was you know used to play my sister on planes and stuff but it's just such such good memories and it's the fact i think that the the DS is the first was not the first thing I ever owned, but I think it's it's still I think my uh, my best played console because I still have my original DS like uh, somewhere well, tucked well, away well, in well. my room. Which wow. is, I'm going to stand my place and go for Double Dash as my my favorite, but I know most people are probably going to side with you two and say that the the DS Mario Kart oh, yeah. is probably their favorite. So I'm I'm standing by myself on this one. And so, Gabriel, your that was in second place for you. But what was your third place? Yes, yeah, so third place, another DS game. I think, like Billy, the DS really, but like before age ten, was probably my weapon of choice when it came to gaming. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's Bomberman for DS, which came out May two thousand and five. Really nostalgic game for me. I'd do anything to play it again. I, I, I can't find my DS Lite and it's actually killing me. I always think if it was there, I'd definitely pick it up and have a go. Um, for those that don't know, Bomberman is basically a battle arena game, which is everyone against each other. And the aim of the game is to blow up everyone else in the arena with your bombs. There's lots of uh, maps, lots of different game modes and power-ups that you can collect in the game to make killing everyone else more easy. 
Um, and another thing that I have to give a nod to is the music. I, because of this, I went on YouTube and I know I sent you guys yeah, a video. Yeah, it. yeah, I did. I, seriously, if anyone wants to hear an absolute banging, exciting soundtrack, listen to Bomberman DS soundtrack. It's all on YouTube. The menu music in particular, just, you know, go for it. I, I think at some point on the show, we should have a list of the best uh gaming music or, or game music there is because i definitely think there's a lot to reminisce on oh, i can i could probably list off a, a bunch of games that have you know music that you could probably say oh my god i haven't listened to that in 10 odd years probably probably more and still be and still be like oh my god that's amazing but yeah definitely we now uh, let's do that 100 <laughs> percent. i want to do that yeah perfect perfect <laughs> right billy what's your second place then so this this was tough, but I've eventually gone for a game I only start, picked up fairly recently, and I think I've talked about it on the show before, which is Star Wars Battlefront 2, the, uh, the uh, original yes. one. Yeah, which uh, came out in 2005. Uh, wow. wow. Yes. I, uh, I thought it was slightly later than that originally. Yeah, I, um, I thought it would be, uh, what, two, what, probably not 2008, but maybe like 2007 maximum. Yeah. But no, no, it's 2005, which is slightly weird because 2000 there was one in there was the original one in 2004, the uh, but Star Wars Battlefront one, which I've not ah, played yet, but I yeah. do own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've talked about it before, and you can go check that out uh, on on our playback. But it's it's great because it is just a first person shooter in Star Wars, and you can play with a whole bunch of people, and you get to play as Jedi and Sith, which is amazing. Not really much else you can really say, is there? You, you no. play as these Star Wars characters, it's amazing. Go and play it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. all you've got to say, really. Yeah, pretty much. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Gabriel, number one. Number one. Yes. Okay, so yes. Easy, one of my favourite games ever, let alone for the time period. GTA San Andres, released October 2004. Like, what a game that is. I just love the <laughs> 90s California aesthetic, the music, the story. Like, you know, It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube is literally on, like, you know, songs like that are on the the, the soundtrack. It's just mental. I, I can just imagine you, four years old, playing CGA San Andreas, <laughs> just chilling. You know, you haven't barely, you barely touched uh, primary school and you're just there playing GTA. Literally. Well, I hate to admit it. I mean, I wasn't, I was probably older than four, but I was definitely uh, too young to legally play. Yeah, if I'm being completely honest. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's been re- remade recently to much criticism, as we know. We've spoken yep. about yep. this. Uh, the remake is quite glitchy, despite the fact they have massively improved the graphics. Despite that's debatable, that, actually. That I think that's very debatable. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got a great A-B test because I completed San Andres Xbox 360 edition okay. very recently, and I've just got the remastered edition about halfway through. Yeah. And I've noticed the graphic improvements quite... It's not... Thing is, it's nothing like GTA V. Yeah. Don't, don't think of it like that. But if you do an A B of what it was and what mm. it is now, it's 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 pretty good. I must next admit, week then we, we want your uh, we want your full results and uh, and learnings <laughs> on and findings on uh, the A B test for that. Well, well, I mean, it's I think it's already clear for me. I, I'm I'm very cl- I'm very confident that the remake is considerably better in terms of graphics. One thing I will say though is it's 
as glitchy, if not more glitchy, in terms of, you know, characters not doing the right thing yeah, at the right yeah. time, things like that. So, you know, it's, it swings and roundabouts of how good the remake is. I mean, if you're like me and you're obsessed with the game, definitely get it. You'll love it. If not, really don't get it because it's just, it'll be a waste of time. Brilliant. Right. That's your number one. Billy, mm. what's yours then, mate? Uh, my number one is Super Mario 64 DS. Uh, which is the first, I think, proper 3D platformer I ever played. And nice. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's it's great. It's it's Super Mario 64, but it's on a DS, and you can play as more than one character. You can play as yeah, basically go play it. It's it's fantastic. There's a whole bunch of little hidden secrets. There's no plot. It's a Mario game. There's no real plot. There doesn't it's just need being to be safer. Yeah, um, there doesn't need to be. It, it, it's these type of games are honestly what I think of have spawned the the popularity of pretty much all games that have come out since just how many people bought these and played these and wanted more. And it's just progressed into this massive thing that it is now. And obviously these games were massive when they first came out, but goes to show like with every other game we've listed, we played these games years after they were released. And, you know, me personally now, I, I, I struggle to find games that are, you know, three, four years old today and, and still play them, uh, at least single player. That's me personally. I'm probably different to a lot of people, but these these games released, uh, the old school games are so replayable and I just want to go and visit them for the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I hope that in the future I can find, you know, I can find a, a DS or find a GameCube and, and go and buy these games because they're probably rather rare now. I know a lot of these probably will sell for a, a few hundred pounds, if, if not more. Yeah. I, I was looking at DSs because Gabriel mentioned it. It's like they sell for like 200 quid on Amazon now. It's like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I, I genuinely think I should have probably kept some of my some of my old GameCube games because I probably would have made quite a good uh Definitely. quite a good payout from it. But yeah. It's, it's interesting it's, to see. I just love how immortal the gaming world is in that sense. The fact that games they really can live on for that long and people still just be dying to play them even now it's it's amazing yeah really is brilliant that was that was great boys so much reminiscing and i'm probably going to spend a lot of time after this looking up even more games that i've missed (laughs) out on so i'm sure there's absolutely thousands that you know we've seen or we've 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 played that have were released in this sort of time period so next week we'll go quickly on to 2006 and then continue that into the future at some point uh, and i'm really excited to do that as well so we can go very in depth into the the next few years which will be great nice. okay yeah. final section of the show is our weekly news roundup so we'll be back in a few minutes and we'll join you for that you've leveled up Okay, welcome back. This is the Hitbox. My name's Tom. I'm joined by Gabriel and Billy, and we're about to start our final section of the show, which is a weekly news roundup. This is where Gabriel and Billy tell me what's been going on in the past week of the gaming world. So, boys, I'm going to start with you, Billy, actually. Give it to me. What what, what have you learned or what have you found out this past week that I should know and everyone else should know in terms of gaming? A couple of things, a, a sort of vaguely topical one for this one, because uh, New Year was not all that long ago, as we were talking about earlier yeah. in the show. Uh, and someone, because it's Minecraft, built a New Year's firework display in Minecraft. Okay. It's, wow. Yeah, of course they did. 
it's really, really pretty. It's up on uh, Reddit and stuff. It looks absolutely insane because it's got like it, it's entirely redstone done, so it's not actually like in in Minecraft fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Oh They're wow. Like, yeah, it's so pretty. It's so cool. Uh, go watch it. Like it, it's not a very long thing. It's like a minute. But so it's it not made by the actual sort of firework item in game. It's done with redstone. Is that what you're trying it, to say? It's yeah, cool. it, it's done with redstone. I have no idea how they did it because they look like sort of like fan exp- like they look sort of like um, fans of color, but they're not like the the usual you know in game little rockets that go up and, and yeah, burst yeah, into yeah. shapes. Uh, but they are really really cool. I mean, people have made computers inside of Minecraft. The things that you can do with, oh, yeah. in, in that game is ridiculous. So I'm not surprised that it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've, I've seen someone make, you know, the entirety of a Pokemon game inside Minecraft oh, once. Oh, they are, well, with mods especially. Easily oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But not, not with mods. Just literally. <laughs> no, no so someone, someone recreated the entirety of, I think it was Pokemon Red. So you could like play it on a screen inside Minecraft. That's so That's crazy. Mad. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's mad. I, I I saw like the like all the like computing work for it, and it's like, oh my god, there must have been like you know ten thousand blocks or something that there that were just put in place to make this thing work. Unbelievable. Yeah, I wish I had the time on my hands to do that. I wish I could yeah. spend and build all the commitment, all, all the drive, all the, yeah. all yeah. the yeah. patience. I'd all give the fair, like, ten hours in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Uh. I only have one other bit of news today because I, I always do my two bits if I can. Yeah, sure. uh, the other one is actually about Halo Infinite. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen this. Um, but the lead narrative designer, a chap called Aaron Lind, is leaving 343. Uh, he, he's no longer going to be part of, part of 343 Studios. Interesting. What, yeah. this, what does this mean then? Is this, you know, is this going to lead the way to a change in sort of style with the Halo? Is it, you know, do you think this is a I, big thing or not? Personally, my opinion is that he's going to leave his archive of designs, or you know what I mean, and there'll yeah. be a big old handover process. Um, it's but, possible, mm. but he, I, I want to point out he only came to work on uh, Halo in 2019, so he's only really done Halo Infinite. Oh, okay, so he's yeah. not the 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 top boff, as they say. He wasn't sort of the OG guy. He's just been there for the recent one kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but but I, th- I think it's it's really interesting that this guy's. I mean, he said he's really proud of it, which is fine. But it's going to be really interesting because Halo Infinite's been, you know, it, it, it's been sort of very well received. So I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes and what he does next. Mm, true. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that that's my news for the year. Oh, not for the if. Hopefully not for the if. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all the news we have this year. Bye. It's going to be a very boring year then. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes boring is good. <laughs> COVID, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, true that. Gabriel, go on then. So, yeah, my, well, both my bits of news centre around new bits of tech. Uh, one in development, one actually available. And I'm going to start with the one that's in development. So, yeah, first bit of news, really exciting new bit of tech, which is currently in development. A lickable TV screen prototype has been developed by a Meiji University professor called Home Miyashati. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to make sure. Sorry, Miyashita. Home Miyashita ah, is his go. name. There that's we go. There we go. <laughs> Got there in the end. Yeah. The taste 
Uh, the Taste TV or TTTV imitates the flavors of food by spraying a combination of 10 different flavors to get the desired effect. If we can mix three different colors of light to make almost infinite colors, why not do the same for taste? The flavor is evenly applied by a hygienic film that rolls out over the screen ready for licking. The professor has stated that in the COVID-19 era, this kind of technology can enhance the way people connect and interact with the outside world. What do we think about this then? <laughs> it, it reminds me so much like uh, smell-o-vision. I just exactly. think it's so wacky. Why it's real-life smell-o-vision. Why like... do you need to lick a screen for? Just, <laughs> I don't know. Surely um, that would just taste like it's just not the same as like eating <laughs> chocolate. Yeah, it, it may taste like chocolate for a bit, but you're licking a screen. It's not, you know, half the benefit of eating or at least licking chocolate is the texture. You can't replicate that. I mean, that's all true, but it does sound like it'd be like interesting to like one or two times, you know? Yeah, I think it's a cool like gadget slash invention that has been made for the hell of it rather than to actually serve a major purpose. But I mean, if it's you know, you, you mentioned it was important because of COVID and everything, and mm. maybe it might train people that have lost their taste or or, or something because of COVID to, to try and sort of teach them how to, to taste again. I'm not really too sure. Well, I mean, given mm. that it's taste division and these people aren't going to have any taste, that sort of defeats the point. Well, a bit. True, true. <laughs> but maybe, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a reason as to why, why it exists. Why it exists, you know, know. Maybe, maybe they're trying to... Trying to help them, uh, help them taste again. I'm not too sure. It is, it is a bit of a bizarre concept. I personally can't really see much practical applications, but you know, I, I'd rather it be there than not. Maybe, I guess maybe it's yeah. in addition to the, you know, the metaverse and to the VR realm. You know, you can, <laughs> you can see things around you now. You can taste things around you and see be able to. I don't know where well, you can obviously hear things, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a sort of an addition that will come on to, to future VR headsets in 20 years' time or something. Yeah. Well, moving on to my next bit of news, although the taste of vision, as I'm now going to call it, yeah, taste is, is not something I would really consider getting. My next bit of news is about a bit of tech that I definitely am interested in. Japanese company... Bauhut, most famous for developing a gaming bed back in March 2020, have just released a new state-of-the-art desktop hand massager. Inside the hand-sized box are 15 air cushions, which can be set to different intensities and areas when providing hand massages. Mm. There are different pressures and separate modes for the whole hand or just getting your digits ironed out. Plus, there's even a heater to help with cold fingers before a game or potential tendon strain. The reason I'm very intrigued by this is being a gamer and someone who works on a PC all day, my hands are actually really tender pretty much 24-7. Yeah. Like genuinely, like if, if right now I rub my hands, I just you can feel the, the tenderness in my hands, and that's <laughs> every day. So having a little little gizmo on my desk that I can just, you know dip my hand in here and there i know it's a bit weird i'm uh, it's a bit weird but at the same time i think it's cool it is cool like i think i think it's really a great you know invention it's great i i I definitely well i'd have to see uh, in terms of pricing but i i'd actually genuinely invest in that or at least i I think they're going to be important especially for the future because now obviously everything's on computers Mm -hmm. uh, as it has been for years but I, I know if I'm spending a lot of time, I know because I'm not at work the past 
a week or so playing games for so long my hands are aching at the end of it so mid- midway through just having something a hand massage you could just place your hand into and it sorts you right out i think that'd be amazing exactly. yeah that, that does sound cool like, like taking a little take a little break fix your hands up and have like a snack or something yeah exactly is it portable can you like is it like a glove or is it something that's it's... on the table it looks like a hole puncher, but bigger and enough to put your hand in. Do you know what I mean? Almost yeah. like, in fact, a better analogy would be almost like a, a, a something that you put a handprint in on, like to open a door kind of in futuristic movies, that kind of thing. It's I almost see. like that. Yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. I've, I've just looked up. Yeah. I see, I see what you mean when you say the hole puncher thing. Yeah. It looks like a hole puncher. That's the first thing I thought, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's that's definitely news to me, guys. Okay, that, that about wraps it up for this week. Um, if you want to get in touch and, and tell us anything interesting that you found out that we can use for our news next week, or if there's any games that we've forgotten to mention between 2000 and 2005, let us know on our email, hitbox at river.radio, and you can find our previous episodes and future episodes where we will talk about games coming out in 2006, 7, 8, and so on, uh, riverradio.live, and that's on the web. And you can obviously find us on Radio 2. Boys, before we go, final thing. Go on, one of you. Sit up straight. There (laughs) we are. Stand up straight. Crack your backs. Posture is everything. Guys, thanks for joining me. Have I missed anything? I'm pretty sure I've covered everything right now. Uh, And yeah, that, that about wraps it up.
sweet face And he goes by the name of Ebenezer Good His friends call him Ezer and he is the main geezer And he vibe up the place like no other man could He's refined, he's sublime, he makes you feel fine They're very much maligned and misunderstood But if you know Ezer, he's a real crowd pleaser He's ever so good, he's Ebenezer Good You see that he's mischievous, mysterious and devious When he's 